0: Can't trust this president to do the right thing. Not for one minute. Not for one election.
1: Not for the sake of our country. You just can't. He will not change, and you know it. History will not be kind to Donald Trump. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be. the war is won we will be sure we will be sure oh, no. glory glory oh
2: glory glory this is our common ground with Janice Graham transforming truth to power one broadcast at a time
1: because the Black Lives Matter movement emerged under a black president, Black Attorney General, and Black Homeland Security, and they couldn't deliver. You see? So that when you talk about the masses of black people, the precious poor and working class black people, poor and working class brown, red, yellow, whatever color, they're the ones who are left out and they feel so thoroughly powerless, helpless hopeless then you get rebellion and we've reached the point now it's a choice between non-violent revolution and by revolution what i mean is the democratic sharing of power resources wealth and respect if we don't get that kind of sharing you're going to get more violent explosions
2: america's chickens Coming home! Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
1: You're going to sink or swim, you're going to learn the truth. No matter what you do, you're going to learn the truth. Alternative Activist Empowerment on radio, speaking truth to our and ourselves. Passes a three-strike law and then wants us to sing "God Bless America." No, no, no! Not
3: "God Bless America." God.
2: common ground with janice graham
1: our common ground speaking truth to power and ourselves our common ground a
4: higher ground for discourse discussion solutions and ideas i'm janice graham and i'll be listening for you
1: talk
3: talk that that matters. matters
4: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, your host, and thank you for being with us. Tonight at Our Common Ground, we welcome all new uh, listeners and people who are joining us in our chat room, and if you would like to, you can come to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG and there are some wonderful seats up front available to you. A good Saturday to you. As we come into this episode, we report that there have been 183,000 deaths. Um, people who are American citizens and our friends who live in these United States have died as victims of COVID-19, the coronavirus. There are now 5,095 cases, active cases, of COVID-19. And of uh, as of August 26, we had 42 new cases of COVID-19. We pray that you will stay safe. We pray that you will become educated in how to secure your safety and that um, as a country we are able to get through this, but based on the behavior of certain segments of our population it is continuing to be a problem we are not at the apex and you should watch your local news and your national news to get information as to whether you live in a hot spot and whether or not you are properly protected We also want to acknowledge that in the last two days, there have been thousands of black people um, attending uh, the March on Washington, demanding freedom, justice, jobs, and economic equality in this country for black people. Um, I attended some portions of the march via virtual viewing. And that was some good information. So if you want to revisit or see highlights of it, you can. Our prayers also go out to Kenosha, Wisconsin, police, murder, victim, jake not murder, Uh, shooting uh, Jacob Blake seven bullets in the back and we continue to ask the question what is the answer what are the solutions there were 16 deaths as a result of Hurricane Laura moving into southwest Louisiana this hurricane packed 150 miles per hour winds as it hit landfall. It will take months to clean up, several weeks before people in the Lake Charles region uh, have power restored to the homes that are remaining. This is our 12th broadcast since Breonna Taylor, and still there are no arrests of the police who perpetrated that horrible, horrible home invasion and murder. Every week, it gets dimmer and dimmer. Tonight, in this episode, we're looking at twiddly-dee, twiddly-dum. As you know, that is my mainstay characterization of the two-political party system in America and our grave, grave choices. Tonight our guest is Dr. Wilmer Leon, and um, we want to tell you a little about him. He is not new to our common ground. He has been an Our Common Ground voice since 2011. He is a political scientist and author whose primary area of expertise our American government, black politics, and public policy. For more than eleven years, he has been a lecturer, teaching associate in the political science department at Howard University. He's a nationally uh, figure, he's a national figure in broadcast radio talk host uh, talk world. Inside the Issues on Sirius Satellite Radio Channel One Fifty Six is his show. Nationally syndicated columnist he is, and a regular political commentator on national and international news programs. Um, The title of his last book, and we recommend it highly, is Politics, Another Perspective Commentary and Analysis on Race, War, Ethics, and the American political landscape in the age of Obama. And uh, it's really interesting that Dr. Leon is with us tonight because before I had to flee the plantation, he was our last guest in 2017. And he will be joining us shortly. In um, 1991, George H.W. Bush weaponized the use of racial identity when he nominated Clarence Thomas to fill Thurgood Marshall's position on the Supreme Court at his death. Mr. Marshall, a civil rights activist who had been successfully argued, who had successfully argued Brown versus Board of Education before being Elevated on the Supreme Court, defined the liberal term the court took in response to the post-World War II reconception of the U.S. as a liberal state. And in nominating Clarence Thomas, a, politi- a political reactionary, who Ronald Reagan had appointed to the EEOC, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, to undermine its mission, Mr. Bush, George H.W. Bush, was daring liberals to oppose him because Clarence Thomas was black. And we're going to talk about that as we go into this episode. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Dr. Leon about the chaos of today's political landscape, uh, the race identity issues inside the election, presidential election for 2020, the urgency around that election, our choice, and what it will mean either way. Trump reelected, Trump steals the election. Or the Joe Biden ticket wins? What does the clear, and I, and I really believe that there are clear and unclear choices mean for black citizens? Before we get into the episode, I do want to send out condolences to um, the family of Chadwick and fans of Chadwick Bozeman. Uh, Bozeman died yesterday at age 42. He was an American actor and producer. He played several historical figures, such as Jackie Robinson in 42, James Brown in Get On Up, and Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. His roles as a superhero in Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic Universe film films, included Black Panther in 2018, made him an international star, winning him an NAACP Image Award and a Screen Actors Guild Award. He achieved all of that while battling colon cancer. Um, I don't have a lot of cinematic heroes, but he was one. So I'm going to send out a rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. And from his speech uh, at the commencement at Howard University two years ago, the summary of that speech is Press On With Purpose. And I have always translated Wakanda Forever to trust your struggle. People will probably note that at the time of uh, the excitement over the movie, The Black Panther, I changed from talk that matters to trust your struggle. And it was the message that came to me through the movie that I had to see 15 times because I have two um, grandsons. And I love black superheroes. Thank you again for being with us. One of the reasons, you know, that I title all of the episodes of Our Common Ground is because I believe we have to come in and press on a purpose. We have to have uh, a path uh, to contain us in the critical discussions that we need to be having. So tonight's uh, tonight's, uh, program uh, is really geared toward helping us look at uh, all of the possible outcomes. Um, It's really, really difficult uh, to have the discussion, to do the analysis that requires us accepting that in this election there could be two outcomes, and to come to uh, a, a concept of what do we do if we are if we are to face either one and I think that's where we ought to be right now we ought to be thinking through what is a strategy it's just too late to have a strategy about the election, other than go vote. And if you vote by mail, take it to your election supervisor's office and not in the U.S. Postal Service, because I'm I'm not understanding why there hasn't been an urgent community march through communities, black communities all over the country uh, to pick up people's ballots or programs to pick up people's ballots by the churches and nonprofits and, and grassroots organizations to get those ballots in if there is early voting or vote by whatever the system is to make sure that votes are coming in. Um, <clears throat> so um, it's, it's, it's too late Other than those things, I mean, we can talk about what the Republican National Committee did for their convention this week and all the various laws. I was appalled. You know that I was appalled by the action of the regional administrator of the New York, New Jersey region of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Um, making videos with tenants and not explaining to tenants that those videos would have been used as part of a support Trump strategy. First of all, she was even uh, appointed uh, federal employees like Ivanka uh, Trump, Jared Kushner, Mark Meadows, everybody that's in the White House, um, uh, Lynn Patton, Uh, Cabinet members are exempt from political uh, uh, activities covered under the Hatch Act, but those people aren't. Um, The military being induced and infused in political activity. um, Today, the National Intelligence, Director of National Intelligence, announced to the Congress that the... National uh, Intelligence Council would no longer, uh, apparatus would no longer be reporting election interference to the Congress. Your government has taken over, has been taken over by a criminal regime that will do anything and do everything to remain in power. And it is not just Donald Trump. It is every Republican senator in the Congress, in in the Senate. It is every Republican who has been appointed into key management executive positions in your government. But tonight, what we want to do is we want to look at identity, race, and this electoral uh, process. Uh, let me give you some back, back stuff. It, identity politics, and I really i am not sure what's happening with our guests. <clears throat> identity politics isn't a single theory. It emerged from philosophical postmodernism uh, in a long while ago with the entirety of the American left, in particular, left critics of uh, certain kinds of policies and historic, historical uh, contingencies rendered by the Republican Party. So in ni- 1991, when George H. W. Bush, the dead one, <coughs> nominated, excuse me, nominated um, Clarence Thomas, a lot of things were going on. Don't forget that Thurgood Marshall was a lot of things. He was a civil rights activist a lawyer who successfully used the law as a means of achieving political ends. And he was a fighter for social justice. He was also black. And we can't begin to reduce his life to being black, as was implied by Bush's assertion of equivalence with Clarence Thomas, The subtext of racial difference that united liberals with active racists was the concept of a black consciousness that was implied in alleged unity of Marshall and Thomas somehow. They were both black and black. Mr. Uh, President Bush at the time was rolling liberals with, with the appointment. He knew that there was no black consciousness, else his political goals couldn't have been achieved by appointing Thomas. Thomas's case is relevant because in his role at the EEOC, he opposed and worked to undermine the concept and the executive order issued by President, um, President Johnson, on affirmative action, Executive Order 11246. It was a race conscious effort to redress employment discrimination against uh, designated groups in federal hiring. Um, so, this is how, in the narrow terms of political identity, Thurgood Marshall and Clarence Thomas fit. Marshall was a giant of 20th century jurisprudence and civil rights activism. And Clarence Thomas was a right-wing functionary in the same way in which Ben Carson, Lynn, what a name, Lynn Patton, and others that you can call their names are equivalent for a functionary chosen for his willingness to throw civil rights lawsuits out without review one black man plus another black man equals two black men not one black man and that is what we need to understand when it comes to this whole thing about identity race and electoral politics One black vice president and another black person in the administration equals two black people. One black person on the left and one black person on the right equals two black people. That is what we need to understand. Let me, let me check for a moment to see if, I just checked my email to see if uh, um, Dr. Leon is calling from an, another number and I'm simply not recognizing his number. So I'm going to check. If you are Dr. Wilmer Leon, please say hello proportion of black people into the existing distribution of political power. In this sense, identity politics is radically reactionary. Plenty of why Donald Trump stands up and says, he has plenty of black friends, and um, why not try him? I don't know what that stupid thing he said. Why not try him? Because we weren't getting it from any place. And, And that really is a problem. That really is a problem. So one of the things that I want to do tonight is for us, To be able to analyze what it means, will it mean anything Uh, if Donald Trump, well, we already know what it will mean if Donald Trump is reelected. We really do know what it will mean. And we but it's not enough to know we know what it will mean, we have to be ready for it. We really have to be ready for it. So I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm getting a cough. Um so what is it that we have to do? On the other hand, Is it any different about what we have to do if the Democratic ticket? So uh, this partial political struggle and political currency that we have, that uh, we have in this country, it's really the equivalent of three centuries of exclusion Where since the Civil Rights Movement and the Voter Rights Act, which has been decimated, which uh, have been been characterized as inclusion, but it it was just partial inclusion. Most black people are still a paycheck away from being homeless in the midst of serial economic calamities and there is only a slight variation to most white people my working class black neighbors share 98% of their belief system with the working class with our working class white neighbors except for on the issue of race now my question is why is that it is uh, according to uh, and in this survey i go back to a lot on this program according to a 200 and, uh 2015 uh survey by pew research black voters support democrats by the same disproportion that white voters support republicans but we all know that the count is complicated by uh, a bit uh, by different population sizes, et cetera. But the bottom line is that Democrats can't win national elections without black voters. And my point is right there, put a pin on it, is that is our political currency. It almost translates into that is our political currency. Wilmer, thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Wilmer Leon is with us now. Thank you so much, <laughs> Wilmer. I understand the technical problems.
0: Thank you. I appreciate your understanding.
4: And I'm so glad and excited to have you back. Uh, in the first half hour I've been talking about the issue of identity, race, and electoral politics. But what mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, and trying to give people a historical uh, background on how this all started with the Clarence, with George H. W. Bush, and his nomination of Clarence Thomas as the mm. first real significant standard in identity politics, and it wasn't us; it was them.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, to to be able to equate one black Clarence Thomas with one black uh, Thurgood Marshall equals one black per- equals two uh, one black person as opposed to one black Clarence Thomas plus one black Thurgood Marshall equals two different black men. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what we want what we want to do tonight, and and thank you so much for being persistent on this, is to <laughs> to talk about where we are. In this chaotic political landscape that black people we find ourselves in And to examine and analyze the urgency around the choices that we have And what it means either way uh, uh, What does the clear and the unclear choice mean for black people And I'll give you the mic
0: Wow, well that's, a, that's an interesting, uh, interesting question it's – well, I guess in terms of the current circumstance, let me say that uh, there's no question that Donald Trump uh, has to go. There, There's no question that he is a misogynist. He is an admitted uh, sexual predator. Uh, he is an incredibly, incredibly ignorant man. He's a moron. Um, he really seems to have no uh no ethics. He really seems to have no morals. It's it's really all about him. And to make it even worse, he, he has no world view. And you know, it, it's one thing if you are able to say that, you know, he's a Republican or that he if you're able to subscribe some type of ideology to him then you can pretty much formulate a plan that enables you to deal with him but he is he's a zero and so we have to understand that um
4: on top of all but, of that i think that people really need to uh to understand um that his personality uh has been formed uh, through what I believe is a succession of critical learning um, disability. I, I, I don't there, think we talk about that much. Uh,
0: yeah, there a is war, that. He's
4: an idiot. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There, there, there is that. Uh, you have to look at his father. You have to look at um, um, Cone, Roy Cohn, Cone, uh, his mentor, yeah. who, was, yeah. who was a, a mob attorney um one of the one of the people I, that I have been talking to on a very regular basis is Dr. Bandy Lee uh, who is a psychiatrist and she is part of a part of a group of psychiatrists that came to Congress uh, right after he was um, sworn in and they uh-huh. were giving their assessment of him as psychiatrists and they were telling members of Congress that You've got a very, very dangerous, sick individual on your hands. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um. So, so, so here's here's the question that that I think real that we really have to start to unpack is with all of that being said, how did Hillary Clinton lose to him? And <laughs> as we and and I, I throw that out, I, I mean, I, I I pose that question not for us to. To get in bogged down and all of that Because that was then and this is now But that was then and this is now And we look at what the Democrats are doing Now with Joe Biden and we see That they're playing from the same Script.
4: Same playbook, yes mm-hmm.
0: It's It's the same playbook And So you know, there are a lot of People who seem To misinterpret My analysis When I start Critiquing Joe Biden's record, and I start critiquing the Democrats' process, and, and I'm told, well, anybody but anybody but Trump. Well, okay, okay, but 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 that tells me really that, that if you don't know where you're going, then then any road will get you there. And so I've been saying to people, those who will listen anyway, I understand Donald Trump's gotta go. But when you When you cast your vote for whoever it is you choose to vote for, you need to understand what you're getting when you get it so that on November 4th, you will know the tactics that you have to employ to get it is, to get, you'll be able to employ the tactics so that you can get what it is you think you really want.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so, to go blindly into anybody but Trump, that's not a calculated political strategy. That is a knee-jerk reaction to uh, or a, a horrendous current reality. Um, so, I, so, okay. So now, I don't know if I'm answering your question. <laughs> well,
4: um, but, but here, here is the here's the practical nature of it. Uh, and the practical nature of it is that in November 3rd, on November 3rd, black voters are going to face the two-party system. Yeah. They're going to face either voting for President Donald Trump or voting for President for J- Joe Biden.
0: Or not so voting.
4: Let's, or, or not voting. Okay.
0: Or not voting. Mm-hmm.
4: And I think that Part of the fear, and this has been my sense since I came back on the air uh, in April, is that people are afraid. Yes. People are afraid to face another four years of Donald Trump.
0: Yes. And what people have to understand is in many instances, decisions or act, decisions made or actions taken based upon fear are not rational actions.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, but, but but when you when you when you watch the Democrats convention, what did they tell you? Fear. What did they sell you? Fear. They didn't offer you policy. They offered you fear. Donald Trump is a fool, and uh, he's, he's amoral. Uh, uh, we're, the Democrats are running on decency, honor, and dignity. What did the Republicans offer you? Fear. They are playing primarily to their base, and they're playing to suburban white women. Uh, these Negroes are going to come into your neighborhoods, and they're going to just disrupt the world. And America, as we know it, will cease to exist if, if, if you elect Joe Biden. So bo- both sides are trying to sell you fear. Neither side is offering you substantive policy. And what I have been taught and what I have come to understand is, for the most part, People don't vote against things. They vote for things. And it's incredibly unfortunate that for as simplistic as it should be for the Democrats, they just don't seem to want to come out and tell the American people how a Biden-Harris ticket will make their lives better. Because that's what people vote for. That's what people want to know. If I Uh vote for Uh you and we put you in office, how are you going to make my life better? So I'm listening to Reverend Sharpton last week, and he says that Joe Biden's speech was, was a phenomenal speech and that the metaphor of we are right now in a state of darkness and that Joe Biden is going to bring the light to the darkness and that is a, um, that is a phenomenal uh, metaphor. Well, okay, yeah, that's hyperbole. That's great metaphor. Got it. But there are families, middle-class families in this country that are literally sitting in the dark because mom lost her job dad lost his job, they haven't been able to pay their utility bill. So they're literally sitting in the dark. And what (laughs) those folks want to know, when they're listening to this speech on the radio, because they can't watch it on TV, because they can't pay their cable bill, they want to know, not how are you going to bring light to the darkness, they want to know, how am I going to get my lights turned on? What are you going to do for me so that there's money in my checking account so that I can pay Pepco or I can pay PG&E or I can pay whoever your utility provider is and I can get my lights turned back on? That's what they want to know. And unfortunately, I'm not hearing much from either side to answer that question.
4: Mm-hmm. How, much, how much of that uh, is a, 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 a result of the uh, Trump economic policy and strategies put into place? And how much of that is uh, COVID-19?
0: I don't know that you can, at this stage of the game, really separate the two.
5: Because mm-hmm. COVID
0: mm-hmm. has exacerbated the failed Trump policy. Trump basically took us right back to, with his economic foolishness, he took us right back to Ronald Reagan and the, and the supply side or the, or the trickle-down economics that uh, Ronald Reagan's eventual vice president, George H.W. Bush, told us was voodoo economics. And... You know, tax breaks, tax breaks, tax breaks, that if you if you give money to the wealthy, that somehow giving money to the wealthy trickles down to the rest of us and we all do well. That has never worked. That that's a failed economic theory. No one. No, there's not a economist that can show us how that actually benefits the middle class and the working class people in this country. And Donald Trump has used that same failed logic uh, to be sure that the one percent in this country have been doing doing quite well. That's why the stock market is doing well, but our bank accounts are empty. If you mm-hmm. don't have a well, 401k yeah. you're you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and most folks in this country don't have 401K programs. So when mm-hmm. they keep telling us that the economy is doing well, they're talking about the stock market. The, that's the financialized – and, and that's
4: not a barometer, yes. It is not an right. indicator it, of the, of it's, it's the economy. It's not an indicator
0: of what the country is doing. It is an indicator of what the wealthy are doing. That's the financialized okay. side of the economy.
4: Okay, That's not... let's look at what you've just what you've just outlined. Okay. If I'm in a house, and the house is on fire, and and in one ex on one exit, it's fire, and on the other mm-hmm. exit, it's smoke, and I have to choose because I got to get out of this burning house.
0: Well, and let, I let me, think that's no, let, what you've
4: just outlined.
0: Well, yes, but let's 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 sharpen that just a little bit to say it's a very large house, and so on mm-hmm. one side of the house is burning, the middle of the house is smelling smoke, and the other end of the house, everything's fine because the fire hasn't gotten there yet. I, mm-hmm. I I think that's a I think that's a, a slightly better um, analogy. So. Um, so we're burning a million people last week, yes, filing for unemployment and if you look at the what is it thirty five million since since March folks that's not a good number i i don't i don't it, and, and and i'm glad you you brought that up because that's that has forced me to get to the to the numbers thirty five million filing for unemployment while the stock market is performing at record levels. How can that be?
4: So wouldn't the choice we, 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 we've got to talk about these grave choices that people have to make mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not a proponent of just letting it be. Uh um, right. because I I wanna talk about some of the dismantling and the possibilities of what a criminal regime will do in a second term. Um,
0: be more criminal
4: so <laughs> exactly. But more emboldened um, criminals. When when people are making those choices, let's let's talk about the thirty five million unemployed people in this country wouldn't it be logical that they would be saying something's got to change?
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They should be. And, and what you have when you look into uh, Washington, D.C., and the protests that were taking place in Washington, D.C., down at Black Lives Matter Square, when you look in Portland, when you look at what's happening in Kenosha, you have a lot of people in the streets saying, Something has to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what is the Democratic Party doing? Are they embracing those people? No. Did they invite those people to speak at their convention? No. Did they invite any of the representatives of those people to speak at their convention? They gave Congresswoman Cort- uh, uh, Cortez a minute. They gave her 60 seconds. They gave Bernie Sanders four minutes. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did a phenomenal job in the 60 seconds she was given. Bernie did very well in the probably three and a half minutes he was given. But the Democrats right now seem to be more interested in trying to court the John Kasichs of the world these alleged disaffected Republicans—they seem to be more more interested in courting them than the Cory Bushes from St. Louis. Cory Bush was where? Did you see her at the convention? No.
4: No, I didn't. No. I didn't see anybody at the convention. <laughs> she wasn't there. She wasn't there. Now, 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 this is a
0: woman. This is a woman that came in and upset an established uh, dynasty in that district. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And one would think that some people from the Democratic Party would be smart enough to say, you know what, this is a movement that we've got to get in front of. This is a movement that we've got – this is where our party is headed – this is what our base is telling us. No. They want to stay they okay. want to stay stuck on stupid and they're trying Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and 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 uh Tom Perez and Barack Obama and the Clintons are trying to move the Democrat party to the right. They're they're this is the culmination of Bill Clinton, Al Gore, and the Democratic Legislative Council moving the party to the right.
4: Okay. Then let me ask you uh, how do you analyze the black political currency? In all of this, because one of the things I have not been able to understand, well, actually, there are a number of things, but two of the most important things that has been lingering in my brain for over two, three, almost three years now, is the idea that if we have the kind of political currency as black people in in this country, the ability to turn this election, why in God's name hasn't the DNC and the council been able to, are they politically stupid?
0: No, we are.
4: And the other question is why we haven't been able to capitalize our political currency.
0: Because our politics has not matured, and we, and I'll speak very gen- very generally here, we, okay. we are called upon by the Democrats every four years, not even every two years. We're called upon the, by the Democrats every four years to save the election. This is the most significant election in the history of the world, and if black people don't turn out to vote— then all that we know it will cease to exist, and that's what we're told. And since the 1960s, we have been incredibly loyal Democrats, and so we uh, answer that clarion call, and we don't get anything for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We just get a little we get a little better than the worst we get if we if we went on the Republican side.
4: To to what extent? To what extent is the um, uh, black political class, um, and it's not just elected officials; it's other people that influence um, the political parties. To what extent is their responsibility? Is their obligation? Is their blame? In the absence, and I've been calling it, uh, in the absence of political infrastructure in which to capitalize uh, our our currency.
0: Oh, and, and again, I'll speak very generally to answer your question. I know that there are exceptions to this statement, but they've been bought and paid for, and they're delivering what the, what they what their benefactors have purchased. Look. If we just we just celebrated the fifty seventh anniversary of the March on Washington, right, August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three, right,
1: right,
0: we got the as a result of that march and the pressure. Okay, so there's a there's a three pronged approach that had been very successful for us during the civil rights movement. It was pressure in the streets. It was legislative process, and it was electoral politics. Those three things working in concert, and not necessarily by design, but those three things working in concert got us the Voting Rights Act, got us the Civil Rights Act, got us the Fair Housing and Employment Act. All from 1963 through 1968. We didn't have a Congressional Black Caucus until 1973. So we were able to get substantive legislation through Congress without a Congressional Black Caucus. Then you look at the first, the original members of the caucus. Where did most of those people come from? Most of those folks came from movement politics in the cities in which they were living. Well, we are now, I don't know how many generations away from that original group Of members of the Congressional Black Caucus And we Are now As a uh, Voting constituency We are getting Less now Than we were Mm -hmm. getting Before we had A caucus
4: Mm -hmm. Well I I will admit I'm one of the people who abandoned that whole Caucus thing uh, In the first five years I went Every year
1: but
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, it stopped working, and I stopped going.
0: And here's the nothing thing:
4: nothing happened as a result.
0: There you go. And and here's the thing. Here here's the thing that they never did. Well, a- after after the original crew, and the original crew didn't do a very good job of this, in my opinion. When you go, when you come to Washington in September, for the Congressional Black Caucus Week, they should tell you. Day one, the first large meeting that is held. Here are the, and I'll just pick a number, here are the three pieces of legislation that we are working on this year that are relevant to the black community. And that doesn't mean that it's relevant to the black community at the exclusion of everybody else. It's just, here are the three pieces of legislation that have members of the House and members of the Senate that we are working on that are beneficial for the black community. Here's why they're beneficial. And here's what we need you to go back to your districts. And we, here's the work that we need you to put in so that we can get this legislation passed. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
0: what they should tell you. And then when you come back the next year, they should tell you, okay, last year, here's what we told you. This is where we are. We either got it passed or we didn't. Mm-hmm. If we did, thank you very much. Here are the next three pieces. If we didn't, here's where we fell short. Here's how we need to move forward and so on into the night. Now, that's not what they do because that's not what they're about. That's not what they're about. That's not going to sit well with Nancy Pelosi. That's not going to sit well with Chuck Schumer. That's not going to sit well with Tom Perez. That's not going to sit well with Hillary Clinton. That's not. But when you when you look at the Latino community, when when Barack Obama was was elected president, you got the Dream Act. You got Sonia Sotomayor nominated to the Supreme Court as payoff. To the Latino community. Gay and lesbian community, they supported Barack Obama. What did they get? They got an American president to come before the American people and say, I believe in marriage equality. We're going to work on, you know, from Bill Clinton, you got don't ask, don't tell.
4: Dr. Leon, are you still there? I think we've lost Dr. Leon. Uh, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Um, and and he's telling the truth. But there still is a critical urgency around where we go from here. I'm Janice Graham, and um, we thank you for being with us, and we'll be right back. Dr. Leon, are you back? Okay.
1: The United States is a mafia government. No one has done more damage and degradation and murder based and robbery than Europeans. Yes. Therefore, in order to escape confrontation with their true criminal nature, they must accuse others of being criminals. What we call they must become obsessed with the criminality of other people. And black folk become those other people, you see. Please. 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 Please, Officer Chalvin lifts his knee from Floyd's neck around 8.28 p.m. after 8 minutes and 46 seconds. All we want to is be free. All we want to do is all we wanna do is break the chains off me. All we wanna do is break the chains. All, chain. All we wanna do is. Can you tell me why? Every time I step outside, I see my niggas die. Alright, oh, I'm letting you know that it ain't no gun they make that can kill my soul. Oh
2: no. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
5: Every 10 years, the census comes along, and it seems like everyone I know always asks the same two questions. What is the census, and why does it even matter? Let me give it to you straight. The census counts every single person living in America. An accurate count of our community tells us where there are more people. And where there are more people, there are more needs. Our participation could impact how public funding flows to our schools, health clinics, senior care, job training, and housing. It even determines our congressional representation. I don't know about you, but it sure sounds like the census matters to me. This year, take a little time for the 2020 census. You can complete it online, by phone, or by mail. And make sure you count everybody you live with. Your mama, daddy, sweetheart, babies, roommates, everyone. This chance only comes every 10 years, so let's step up and be counted.
1: Shape your future. Start here. Learn more at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. We now
3: live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge. Governments destroy freedom. The press destroys information. Religion destroys morals. Our banks destroy the economy. The inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression. And you you can go down the line. You can go down the line. The Wizard of Oz is 70 years old. Today, if Dorothy were to encounter men with no brains, no heart, and no balls, she wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. (laughs) <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political
0: Talk Radio.
1: <laughs> one, two, one! He's back, and your Wednesdays just got served. The Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network, premiering August 26th. Alpha's back and ready for the struggle. It's on The Alpha Show, August 26th, your Wednesdays. Albo serving hot grips with politics, yes, we Wednesdays, 10 p.m. The Albo
3: Show, 2 4 10 p.m. Hosting the best of Pushback Talk Radio.
2: Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
4: And we do thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Our guest tonight, talking twiddly-dee, dumb our grave choice is Dr. William, Wilmer Leon, he is the host of Inside the Issues with Wilma Leon on Sirius Radio, if you want to check him on Saturdays. And uh, please do buy the book, read the book, understand where we are and how we got here. Politics, another perspective, commentary, and analysis on race, war, ethics, and the American political landscape in the age of Obama. Dr. Wilman Leon, we are so glad to have you back on on our common ground because I just don't know what to say about all this chaos. I'm just I'm just beside myself because it is Tweedly D and Tweedly Dumb, and those are the choices.
0: Yeah, and and I'm not quite sure where we uh, where we uh, where the call dropped, but the the point being that when you look at the varying. Uh, constituencies, whether they be women, whether they be uh, Latino, whether they be uh, gay and lesbian, they all got something of note. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we were told, well, you didn't demand anything, which is true. We were so happy that, you know, we got an African American president that and we were so afraid we, we felt that his position was so tenuous that uh, we couldn't demand anything because he couldn't, ble- couldn't be too black. He could never appear to be too black. So we didn't demand anything. And, you know, and that, that takes me back to Roosevelt and A. Philip Randolph when um, it is reported that President uh, FDR said to uh, A. Philip Randolph when A. Philip Randolph was making all these demands on the Democrats at the time, Roosevelt said, well, Mr. Randolph, I hear you. Go out and make me do it. And A. Philip Randolph did.
4: Mm -hmm. We don't understand those those types of
0: politics anymore. Hmm?
4: We told those stories during the Obama administration, especially in the second uh, term. Mm -hmm. But let me witness for a minute here, Dr. Leon. I am a firsthand witness to make some assumptions about what will happen in a second term for Donald Trump I just want to talk about housing for a minute the, a wet dream of the Republican Party since, uh, especially since uh, and it began with George W. Bush is to rid this country of its obligation to housing poor people I predict, and I saw stages of the operatives, that he will dilute the Fair Housing Act, that what we know as house, financial, housing financial assistance to poor people and working class people in this country. Will be diminished, it will go away in terms of the obligations of the federal government. Mm-hmm. I predict that when the Fair Housing Act, section six and of the uh, of the Civil Rights uh, Act, which is has to do with housing when that goes away, the next thing that will come is Title VII, which would rid this federal government of any protections in regard to race in in employment. And those flags and that dismantlement will be replaced with programs that will allow states and local entities to empty its public housing stock for for other use
0: or it will be turned over saying. to the or it'll be or it'll be turned over to the private sector to manage
4: yes and in some states some states will try But we know that state housing authorities, which for the last uh, 20 years, uh, state housing, uh, public housing stock, has been turned over to the federal government because states have not been able to maintain safe Mm -hmm. and sanitary housing across this country. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I fear is that we will be left, in, in that kind of dismantlement, we will be left without protection and security in other ways. And I'm talking about uh, fi- federal financial assistance to um, uh, programs that have benefited black children, programs that have benefited black communities like CDBG funds. Uh, I, 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 that kind of gutting will be Well, what do you so mean will We already are.
0: We, we, well, those, those, we are we we're already seeing that now. It'll it'll just be exacerbated. It'll just be, it'll happen a lot faster. But when you look at what's happening in Washington D.C., well, first of all, you're absolutely right. I, I don't I don't push back there to say that you're wrong. All I'm saying is, you you have you have described it as though it's going to happen. I'm just saying. It already is, and uh, gentrification or regentrification is. We're seeing it happen in New York. We're seeing it happen in D.C. We're seeing it happen in Detroit, and uh, the uh, uh, individuals that have been residents in particular communities. Uh, whether it's southeast Washington, D.C. or Harlem in New York, I'm not familiar with the various areas in Detroit, but we're to know them by name. But but it's happening. And because we basically followed the white folks out to the suburbs, they moved to the ex we moved to the ex and now they're coming back into the cities and they're taking advantage of all of this lower-priced property, and all of that is now being renovated and turned into condos and now in Chocolate City, uh you now got Mocha. Uh Mocha City and you know the, the African American and I focus on D C because I live in DC, where I live in Silver Spring, Maryland, close to D C. So it, it's ha- my point is it's happening already.
4: Okay. Let's let's talk about um it, it, it's it's gradually happening, and it's gradually happening because the dismantlement really began toward the uh, last year and a half of the Obama administration because there was mm-hmm. no hold. Um, and what I'm reading from what you're saying is that there will be no security around a democratic administration minimizing some of these catastrophic changes.
0: That is what I'm saying, because I don't see where it is. One of of the things that we have been experiencing, there was a deal cut between the Democrats and the Republicans, and that was to a great degree, that the Democrats would go along with the defense budget increases and the Republicans would not balk as much at the social program support that the Democrats have been trying to provide. And But we don't seem to appreciate the the Democrats are as, if not more hawkish than the Republicans are. There was a Defense Authorization Act that came out of a Democratic Congress six months ago. $70 billion. They gave the president more money than he asked for. Barbara Lee, Congresswoman from Oakland, was trying to get the democratically controlled House to cut the defense spending by a paltry ten percent she couldn't even get him to do that all I'm saying to folks in 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 it, because you know people keep pushing back on me saying, Wilmer, you talk about these things, and all you're doing is creating space for Donald Trump to win. No, I'm telling you the hurricane is coming
4: mm-hmm.
0: I'm telling you the hurricane
4: Okay, Dr. Wilmer, Leon dropped off again. I don't know what's happening in the Maryland area with um, telephone service tonight, but uh, I do want to remind you that you should complete your um, U.S. Census, and please do it as quickly as possible. You can do it online at 2020 Census gov. Doctor Leon, are you still there? I'm gonna wait for you to call back in. Um, this is uh, these are urgent uh discussions and Oh wait a minute I'm hearing uh, you. Oh oh you can hear me? Whoa. Uh oh. Um Let's see. We are losing – we lost Dr. Leon again, and I hope he um, he should call back in. But these are urgent discussions, and one of the things that I've been really, really seriously thinking through is what we must <laughs> do about pronouncing and pushing back on the power stream, the the democratic – establishment in this country uh Dr. Leon you are back I can <laughs> see you I am
0: I am here I don't I know what the what, world what is doing what are going they on.
4: doing are they is, is there been a blackout in in in, in that area tonight oh my I've goodness got, I've got
0: I've got a number of different phones I've got
4: okay <laughs> anyway
0: <laughs> l- l- let me by the way l- I did make...
4: want to uh, wish the Howard family condolences in the loss of um, uh, Chadwick Postman, yeah, yeah, I I did. Yeah. So okay, so folks, so, so, folks, so
0: folks, you have got to vote. There's no question. You, you uh, you've got to vote. Donald Trump has got to go. But again, you have to understand what you're getting when you vote. That that's all I'm yeah, saying. Uh, okay,
4: I, you are where I am. We've got to understand what we're getting. And we've exactly. got to understand so you know
0: what to fight for. that
4: the currency has to be expended between now and November third. And if that means going after Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Amen. Tom Perez now, that's what Amen.
0: Means. Hey. You know, we've uh, got
4: to we've got to start instead of talking back at and I'm, I'm guilty of it talking back at Donald Trump, we've got to stop talking about him and start talking about Tom Perez and start talking about Nancy Pelosi and start talking about Correct. Um, Chuck Schumer. And there is an infrastructure for doing that. It's called the squad. There you go. That's what we've there you go. got.
0: There you go. And I mean, I spent the
4: last two years in Massachusetts of my Massachusetts life and my retirement <laughs> working with Ayanna Presley to get her there. there you and go. and 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 she is as I mean she is as good a mouthpiece as black people have ever had.
0: I wouldn't debate that with you.
4: And we've got to empower them I don't want to hear you from go. Sheila Lee. I don't want to hear from all the people with the whatever. Nope. <laughs> um and 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 and, and oh, here's the thing. I sent an email uh Dr. Wilmer Leon to Al Green. And mm-hmm. I was pointing out some things. Um basically because um I think I think he has an artic, uh, a style of articulation and has tried to throw some punches. They didn't quite land, but I sent him an email which talked about uh, establishing um, some discourse in his discourse about listening to what, what happened to, to what, what was his name? Clay, Casey? Claysey? I, I can't think of his name right now. They just got booted Clay. out by Bush. Clay, Clay. yeah. Clay. But, but, uh, I mean, the Clay family is a black, stalwart political family. Mm-hmm. They've been giving money, and that seed has been bought for two generations. And they need to start talking about what that particular election meant. And that was my email to Al Green and some other people. Mm-hmm. Um and not not a whisper. Not a whisper.
0: Nope. Hence my point. She wasn't um Cory um, Corey Bush was not even invited to speak at the convention. They, the Democrat, the Democratic elite have made a decision. They rather lose with Biden than win with Bernie. Because if they, because that, if, 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 if they embrace the 86% of their base supports Medicare for all, then where does all of that Healthcare money go. That where does where does all of the money where does all of the money coming from healthcare lobbyists go? Where does all the money from big pharma go? John Clyburn, where does all that money go? yeah, yeah. yeah. and and, yeah. and 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 that's that's their issue. That's their problem. That's what they. That's the riddle they can't solve. Is because, again, they are steadily trying to move the Democratic Party to the right. And I'm asking people now to start thinking about this. If, and God forbid, if Donald Trump wins, what happens to the Democratic Party? What happens to all those people in the street, all those angry Disaffected people that are protesting now, where do they go? What do they do? Who do they turn to? If on November 4th or November 5th or or, or whenever the the final votes get tallied, if Joe Biden loses, where are they going to go? So y'all got to get out there. You've got to get involved because – the voter suppression tactics are already in play, and have been for quite yeah. a while. The,
4: yeah, yeah.
0: Be, and and so this is this is where turnout is really going to matter. See, one of the one of the mistakes that Hillary Clinton made in 2016 was she bet on turnout. And there, it, 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 this whole thing about we didn't turn out to vote—that's crap we voted but when you when you look at the numbers for example Donald Trump won Michigan by like 10,700 votes but there were 75,000 votes in Michigan that weren't counted he won Michigan by 10,704 votes There were 75,355 ballots that were never counted in Michigan, and most of those ballots came from Detroit and Flint. So that tells you what? Black people. Yeah. But Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton, they want to tell you we didn't vote. No, we turned out. They didn't deal with voter suppression. Mm
1: -hmm. Donald Donald
0: Trump won – he won Arizona by 85,257 votes. There were 270,824 legal voters that were stricken from the rolls in Arizona. Donald Trump didn't win Arizona. But you don't hear the you don't hear that he won Arizona by 177,008 votes. There were Five hundred and eighty-nine thousand three hundred and ninety-three people that were removed from the rolls in North Carolina.
4: hmm And and that there was were, our obligation. One more,
0: one more number. One more number. Mm-hmm. There 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 was one million nine hundred and thirteen thousand three hundred and sixty-nine ballots across the country never. Counted and that's from the US election assistance commission. That's not me making numbers up. That's Greg Palace's research and that's from the election the US election assistance. I'm 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 just giving your audience the data. That's the data. I'm not making that up.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not that but we stayed home here's
4: the point here's the point of what i'm I'm saying to people uh about what we didn't do and and we have to what we didn't do is two years ago we knew who this man was. they all knew everybody knew all mm-hmm. the black people knew we, we and we still didn't begin to fight back resist this voter suppression. Look at what happened in Florida.
0: Absolutely right. People in Florida, with,
4: people in Florida voted to allow ex-felons to be able to vote. And the Republicans had an answer to that, and that is my problem with what's going on with the Biden Harris campaign.
0: Well, but, but wait a minute, but wait a minute, Janice. Wait a minute though, it's not fair to say that we didn't do anything, because by getting the law passed in Florida, we did the right thing. We mm-hmm. we and I
1: know
0: we 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 did the right thing in Florida. We got the law passed. The Republican uh, legislature then went did a, did a did a, a, an end around. And they added another provision that said felons can vote only after they have paid all of the fines and fees associated with their cases. But they never implemented a system for them to find out exactly how much they owe. And then we challenged that, went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court held on the side of the Florida state legislature. So, we did what we were supposed to do in Florida. We did it.
4: Mm-hmm. We got the law I I I I I I agree, but we didn't do it in enough places.
0: Oh, no, I agree with you there. I agree with you there.
4: Yeah. But yeah. but, but just
0: to say that, you know, we did we didn't do it. No, we did it. We did what we were supposed to do. My question is, where's the Democrat Party?
4: Yeah, that's my question.
0: Where's they their came outrage? The, they
4: came to the fight with a butter knife.
0: Didn't come to the fight at all. Because look, look, <laughs> look, at, look at what happened. Look, look at no. Look at what happened in Michigan. In Michigan, um, who was the woman that ran for the Green Party? Um, Jill Stein. Jill, Jill Stein. Stein okay. Jill Stein sued in Michigan to have those 75,000 votes counted. The judge hearing the case in Michigan told Jill Stein, you really don't have standing in this case because, you know, she wasn't, I guess, considered to be a viable candidate. So, and she's not a resident of Michigan. So I guess, so they said, you don't have standing in this case. Hillary Clinton's attorneys were in the courtroom and the judge turned to her people and said, What do you say about this? They said, We have no stake here. We are here merely to observe. Yep. But Hillary wants to tell you that it was our fault. And she fails to mention she didn't campaign in in Michigan. She didn't – She zero dollar spend in black media. But you want to blame black people for not turning out. You didn't spend any money in black media to ask us for our vote. You didn't come Mm -hmm. to Detroit and come to Flint and come to other cities in Michigan to – and you went to Pennsylvania. You went to Philly the last darn day of the election.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: But somehow it's our fault. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. But when we come to today – Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I see uh, that that we have to consider is the vile and targeted our government, Social Security, mm-hmm. Medicare, health insurance access, with a Trump re-election. There's going to be a price.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And totally. so here is and I keep going back to the worth of black political currency and how we can shake up, break, uh influence our ability to formulate inside the establishment.
1: We
0: gotta on, stay in the street
4: direction. Yep. We gotta stay yep. in the street. Exactly. We and and stay people in the street. still are in the street across this country. I mean in Boston, in parts yeah. of New York, specifically Brooklyn, in Portland, in Oakland. People are still in the street um, And they gotta stay there. With Black Lives Matter protests as they call it. Um, and and we've got to stay there. The other question that I asked Dr. James Taylor a couple of weeks ago was the idea: Where the pussy people? You know, the people that marched the day after
0: Donald yeah, Trump's election. What uh,
4: happened to them?
0: They're making new hats right now, and so you won't see them till they're happy. <clears
1: night. laughs> they're You're hats. absolutely right. So yeah. where you can't should the you
0: targeting... can't you can't you can't be a pussy person without a hat. So you, so they work uh-huh. on the hat. They're, I'm going I'm going to
4: tell you I'm 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 being stunned every day by the political realities of my new home. And yesterday I went for my ride and only about uh a quarter of a mile from where I live. There was a Trump-Pence rally on the side of the road. They had <laughs> music. They had these huge, I mean, you would have thought, as India Declare would say, it was a, a Jethro and Amy rally going on for Trump and Pence. It was right in front of the entrance, um, if you had to turn, of a Lowe's, and I've alerted them and I sent them photos. Um, and and there must have been 150 people with these. I'm talking about huge flags. The kind of flags mm-hmm. at McDonald's by American best size. The kind at the Washington Monument. Um, and it said Trump Pence. And they all had on red, white, and blue uh, cut off jeans and, and hats and bull horns. And the music was going. And people were gr- on the side of the road.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: In the medium, people were standing with these huge, and, and they were all, and people were honking, and I'm going, oh, my God, i got to pull over and take pictures because nobody would believe that I live here. <laughs> it was like, damn. <clears throat> and you're not seeing that kind of activity from the... um. Um, the the um, uh, Biden Harris ticket. Well, no, You're Joe's got to seeing... come out
0: of the basement. Joe, Joe's got to okay. come at some point. Joe, you got it. You got to come out of your basement, Joe. You you can't. Yeah. I don't think you can win. You can become president from your basement, you, Joe. At least come to the driveway.
4: <laughs> what do you think has been the added value of Kamala Harris?
1: For what it I'm
0: is, they're trying. <laughs> I'm
4: asking for a friend. <laughs>
0: for well, I I think for for what it is they're trying to project or portray, I think she's added value. But again, mm-hmm. homegirl only got three, less than three percent of the vote when she was in the race. Mm-hmm. She dropped oh. out. Before California, because she didn't want to lose her own state.
4: So, what was the calculation there, uh, Dr. Leon?
0: Wall Street, plain and. and simple. Wall Street. They couldn't. They couldn't go with Susan Rice because Susan Rice brought too much foreign policy baggage—Benghazi and you know the, the 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 murder of Muammar Gaddafi and um, you know, Rwanda during the Clinton administration. I mean, Susan Rice is just a just a just a mess. And um uh so they you know they're they're sitting back looking at in terms of what they consider their options to be. Uh to me, the, the, the one of the strongest women that that should have been in the mix but whose name was never even mentioned was Barbara Lee. mm
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But
0: but that from Oakland, but but that's too much. That's too progressive for 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 what it is they're really really trying to do. They're trying to move the party to the right. Kamala Harris mm-hmm. told us during the first um, during the first debate she wasn't for substantive change. Well, that then right there, homegirl, you done told me all I need to hear. <laughs>
4: When yeah, I, when it I heard it's really her, interesting a, around that whole thing about you must nominate uh, a, a black woman.
0: That, that was a big mistake. That was mistake.
4: a very interesting thing that went on.
0: That was a very big mistake. Joe Biden never should have said when he did say, I'm going to nominate a woman. Never should have said that, why mm-hmm. say that that far out i mean that far away from the from the date? why put yourself in that box and i'm and i 'm not saying that women aren 't qualified and i 'm not saying that a woman should not have been on the ticket that 's not what i 'm saying what i 'm saying is you never should have put yourself in that box that early in the game
1: mhm, mm-hmm. but
0: the mm-hmm. woman that he should have selected should have been the she 's the um She's the governor of New Mexico. Uh, what's her name? She was a former congress. She's a Latina mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. governor of
0: Mexico. If you're if you're looking at electoral politics, not identity politics, the Latino vote is the vote you need to secure. You got the you got the black vote. We're going to vote Democrat.
4: That's not that's not an issue. Her name is Michelle uh, Grisham.
0: Yes, thank you. That is that, mm-hmm. that is the woman. And if he had not backed himself into that female corner, then I would have said uh, Julian Castro, former mm-hmm. mayor of mm-hmm. uh, San Antonio and former uh, congresswoman and former head of uh, what was it, HHS. Uh, no, HUD. Mm-hmm. HUD.
4: no, HUD. No, HUD. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um,
4: and, and the thing is that he had – uh, Julian Castro uh, essentially ushered in a new guidance that was very important in regard to affirmatively furthering fair housing that could have that could have sold
0: oh big well that's who Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton should have should have selected him instead of uh uh Mr. take a nap Tim Kane
4: yeah yeah you know, yeah Tim
0: Kane's a nice guy but he's boring as hell
4: Yep, yep. Uh, I I absolutely agree. But all of that is looking back. Let's talk about in the few minutes that we in the few minutes that we have, in terms mm-hmm. of looking forward. What's the target? How do you organize the message? We've got oh, to God. be ready for a new. Uh, a, a, a four, we've either got to be ready for four years of Donald Trump. And the chaos and craziness and important damage and destruction that he is going to wreak on this country.
0: Or... Jobs, stability, and health care. Exactly. That's your message. Jobs, stability, mm-hmm. and health care. That's your okay. message.
4: And who do we take that message to?
0: you got to take that message to the American people. And who's going to do that? Well... I'm not running, Uh, Janice. I don't know if you knew this. I'm not running.
1: Uh,
0: Joe Biden, that's got to be the Joe Biden – forget this honor, decency, and dignity. That's not going to force – that's not going to protect me when the foreclosure people come – when I come home from looking for a job and all my stuff is on the curb – decency, honor, and dignity is not going to put food on my table and Mm -hmm. turn the lights back on.
4: Mm -hmm. And people forget. Jobs,
0: stability, and health care. Yeah. That's what. Go, Go
1: ahead.
4: And people forget that there are a lot of predatory fixes going on right now, like all of the banks offering forbearance during covid that's a that's a game. That's almost a scam. So, mm-hmm. um, and 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 it will wreak havoc on any potential for stability. But I am still concerned, Wilmer, that we don't have the infrastructure. And maybe it's asking my audience, your audience, what's your audience saying about this? To go out and begin and ignite the new, the new movement on the street has got to be about getting out to vote and increasing the currency.
0: Folks, I think, have to understand how hard of a process this is and how long of a process this is. And we can learn that from the Civil Rights Movement and the importance of organizing the importance of messaging, understanding, you know, defund the police. What the hell is that? What does that mean? Defund mm-hmm. the police. It, it's a great sign. It's a great T-shirt. It's almost like voter die. Yeah, okay. But what's behind it? I'm a policy guy. Yeah. So when you tell me defund the police, what do you mean? It's a catchy slogan. But how do I turn that into policy? So it and, and, and I use that because that's one of the that's the you know that's the that's the line de jour but when but it, it depends on who you ask. Depending on who you ask will impact the answer. Because yeah. it's not defined. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So so so
4: So the strategy wait. has got to be be we've got to threaten them.
0: Well, at this stage of the game I don't know. I mean, here we are in August. We're almost in September and the elections in mm-hmm. November. I don't know now what 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 we can do impact the next 2 months. Joe ain't even coming out of the basement.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so we've got to vote. There there's no question yeah. that we have to vote. And and again, yeah. folks, do not misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm just trying to get you to open your eyes and understand, A, the importance of what we've got, and B, what you're going to get if you win, and that means the work you're going to have to do when you win.
4: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Woman, we haven't had enough time to talk, and we haven't been in touch in the way that we should be in touch, but I was trying to keep all my friends Safe by not <laughs> making any comments, <laughs> by not making any contact. I really was, I had to protect a lot of people. <laughs> but we have callers, and um, I do plan on doing my roundup about two weeks before the election, and certainly hope that you will join us for it.
1: Sure.
0: Um, Provided can I can get a phone, it works.
4: Sure. We've got a lot of people. Uh, sure. On That have been calling us in We only have 10 minutes Make your question to the point please And if you have a question For Dr. Wilmer Leon Who is with us at Our Common Ground 773 You're on the air
3: Well good evening And good evening Dr. Leon uh, good evening. I just want to say this we got to get Trump out And when we get Biden in and Harris in. We got to grab them by the neck and pull them to the left. The uh, squad, as they're called, they're – how did you put it, Janice? They're on the 40th floor, and the building is 100 stories tall, and they're on their way. Progressive uh, Democrats will seize the RNC. Rebs and all of the old guard are fading. And what kind of uh, presidential election do you think we will have come 2024 when Joe Biden will not run? And he will have a, a record that they will seize upon. The difference is Republicans never go home. They constantly lie and attack. And Democrats constantly cave and appease. And that's why we are where we are. Yes, the house is burning. It's either fire or smoke. We've always taken the smoke of the Democrats because it doesn't singe as bad. Thank you. Good evening. Thank just you for your
4: call, Alpha.
0: Just to the 2024 point, uh, History isn't good for vice presidents running for president.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: George H.W. Bush, he was uh, Ronald Reagan's vice president. He won and then lost. From there, you got to go all the way back to uh, um, Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was Nixon's VP, and uh, he didn't win his run for president. You got to go back to Lyndon Johnson, who was Kennedy's VP, and he won uh, after finishing the Kennedy term. So uh, history is not good for vice presidents that run for president.
4: Yeah, let me run something by you. My sense Mm -hmm. is that all over the last three years that they have the base, the the Trump base. Has been setting it up for a run for Ivanka Trump. What do you think about
0: that? Uh, next question. Okay. I, 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 I'm
4: just
0: running no, the
1: bias.
0: No, 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 no. You, you, I got to see heard that.
5: what what. Mm-hmm. No,
0: I, I, I've heard I've heard that, but uh, she will have. The 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 legacy of her she is known as her father's chief advisor, and so she will forever have the uh, the, the the scarlet letter of T on her chest. And I don't care how she designs it, uh, how fashionable it may appear. I think the stench from this uh, presidency will forever be in her hair.
4: Mhm. Mhm. I should hope so. <laughs> I really <laughs> should hope so. Um. Because
0: how she how is she going to distance herself from this? Yeah. If she's her yeah. father's key advisor, is she going to come out and disavow everything that 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 we're experiencing? I, I I don't know. I don't know how you get there from here.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I certainly hope. That uh, we can get enough people Do enough organizing So that we can evade What will come With a, a second term for Donald Trump Dr. Leon, give us uh, how our audience Will hear you at Sirius Radio Inside the Issues And how Saturday they can from catch to you online
0: Saturdays from 11 to 2 Eastern on Sirius XM 126 Urban View. Uh Hazel Trice Edney syndicates my op-eds and uh wilmerleon.com. If you want to talk to me online, you can go to Facebook and find me there, uh wilmerleon.com.
4: Well, I certainly took you to the beach today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> After I had
4: to pass all the of- Trump pents people
1: to get there, uh,
4: and I I so much appreciate uh, the kind of analysis and critical review and 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 realistic um, insight that you bring uh, to the political black political landscape. It's very troubling, you. uh, and um, you'll have to come back.
1: Um, anytime,
4: and and uh, help us out here. Uh, these serious thinkers at ten o'clock at night uh, think real hard about these issues. Um,
1: Janice, anytime. We
4: we're we're real glad to, and excited to have you back. I'm I'm glad to be back on the air. Um, I can stop talking to myself now. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the mirror tired of me. So um, I still owe you, because we need to talk about your book, uh, Politics, Another Perspective, con- Commentary and Analysis on Race, War, Ethics, and the American Political Landscape in the Age of Obama. It is still so relevant. It is still so important for us to read. Dr. Wilmer Leon, thank you so very much. And uh, I look forward to having you back real soon. I'll be here. Okay. Take care, dear. Uh, uh, Our guest tonight was Dr. Wilmer Leon, and you can find him at wilmerleon.com. I want to thank all of you for being with us. I'm sorry we weren't able to take your calls But uh, we will be here next Saturday night. Don't forget to do your senses. Don't forget uh, the Alpha Show on Wednesday night on TruthWorks Network. Have a good week, and let's commit, uh, let's really commit that we have to press with purpose on all of this.
6: about the question of racism that, or at least in talking to people, the question that frequently has come up recently with me is, well, we are not guilty, personally, of course you're not. I don't know that there's anybody in this room has carried on a campaign of racism per se, but I doubt that there's anybody in this room who has not at some point been guilty of supporting a racist culture. And we must search ourselves to find out how we have been guilty, not for the sake of just wallowing in our guilt, but for the sake of facing the fact that the future of our culture, of our country, depends not so much on what black people do as it does depend on what white people do. This is a hard lesson for some of us, that a choice as to whether or not we will rid the country of racism is a choice that white America has to make.
3: Thank you for listening, and for those of you who have joined us in our chat room, please help us grow and let your friends and comrades know that we are here each Saturday. Have a good week. Prepare to fight the power. Vote, vote early, and deliver by hand your mail ballots.
2: Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
1: Right now. Uh... And accused of loving you too much, and I hope, I hope it's not a crime, cause if it is Of a man, I saw the thunder and heard the lightning and felt
0: the burden
1: of his shame. And for some unknown reason, he never turned. Of that letter We talked about the room And now I hear the sound Of sirens Come laughing through the gloom But they don't know What they are doing They could hardly understand that they are only the rest pieces of a man.